0: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: So y'all saw that Tiger Woods, huh?
1: T Woods, man. It's
2: what? it's crazy today to see that it, he blew a point zero point zero zero.
1: Yeah, I think this whole thing to me is is like maybe I got a hotter take on this, but it's like so overplayed, you know? Like just let Tiger live. You know, obviously he made a mistake. And he was, he was messed up. I don't know if you guys read any of the quotes, like when the cops asked him where he was coming from. This happened in Florida. He said, where are you coming from? He said, L.A. Where are you <laughs> headed to? Orange County. <laughs> that was So, I mean, obviously the dude was messed up. Um, but it's like you get that, you know, the whole scandal with his now ex-wife and, and crashing the car originally. That was like eight years ago at this point, you know. Yeah. You know, we've been we've come so far from that, and like I just felt today, like as soon as that initial TMZ report came out, everyone was just like just hoping to, to be like as bad as possible, you know, wanting Tiger to fail. It's a
2: great, it's which the great story, I, yeah.
1: which I hate, you know, because it's like just take an example like John Daly in the golf world, uh, you know, drinks all the time, smokes on the course, uh, you know, notorious like r- alcoholic and and just done all this terrible stuff yet you know people love him and like you know he just won his first senior event tour uh champion one of the uh tournaments basically and like he was a hero in everyone's eyes and he's done like just as much bad crap as tiger but just you know maybe it hasn't got caught once or twice in the public eye like he has yeah definitely
0: Um, definitely was not a good looking mugshot from tiger there no that's what
1: that's what paired with yeah
0: yeah and that was passed around a lot the day it happened and this just is it's kind of sad yeah as you said so I mean this is kind of like a continuation of his downfall stemming from that ori- those original uh, scandals with the affairs uh, you know back in 2009 yeah and he's you know he's tried to come back he's just had all these surgeries he's getting older he just hasn't found his form pre-scandal and this is just kind of another bad situation he said he was mixing his uh, prescribed medications yeah. and had a bad reaction I mean whatever it was it's just not a good look really
1: I just don't get how any pro athlete isn't like uber or lifting anywhere you know what i mean like uber everywhere yeah i mean all right made in tokyo it's like <laughs> it's like why is driving an option at this point you know like you have so much money stupid money it's the same people thing with delahoya about, like people complain about like using their money on terrible dumb things here's one effective thing you can use your money on save yourself a bunch of money at the right? same time
2: yeah it, it doesn't even make sense but i mean oh, but neither if, do fidget bears yeah. i mean in the day we're i was gonna blue, say and... if,
1: if you want it to spend your money on something, it should probably be a fidget spinner. I
2: disagree wholeheartedly. Uh,
0: I'm, I'm completely confused and surprised. What is what is the deal with fidget spinners and why are they so popular? What is this? What is bad? the deal
1: with fidget spinners? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, essentially, these things are just uh, to keep you kind of like, you know, if you have fidgety hands, you always need to be playing on your phone.
0: Yeah, but how did you know, this thing, okay, I guess it's like a stress reliever or whatever, yeah. but how does this go viral? How is this like part of popular culture? I think it's all just like, sudden, such, like, what and, the heck? I mean,
1: I've seen such great such great photos on the internet you know uh, obviously the, the classic like an airplane with the two engines now fidget spinners uh, uh. I saw a man like an older like you know 1300s person who you know normally you're in the uh, like the next stall like they were in jail to throw tomatoes at you oh. but it was, a, it was a spinner you know his head is through one hole in his arms are through the other
0: I'm baffled. i mean, it's utter, it's utterly baffling to me. You the, just the first, have things like first this boomerangs and now fidget just, spinners. Yeah, this, and
1: this is the, this one is so effective because it's so cheap. You know, these are like five bucks. You can get them. Kids love them. Well, they are cheap. All right, yeah. Go ahead. You do I was
2: I was at work and this this guy uh, comes up with his kid yeah. and the kid has two fidget spinners and so of course whenever and started talking to him about the fidget spinners, yeah, and then uh, talking to his dad and he was like, yeah, like. You know they range from anywhere from about five to ten to you know hundreds of dollars, <laughs> and I had to take a step back. I was like, I'm sorry, you said hundreds, and he goes, Yeah, there's some really really cool ones, you know, all solid metal, blah blah blah. And I was like, Wow, that's. And he's like, I have one myself, and I was like, You have like how much is yours? And he goes, Mine was about ninety five.
1: Oh my god.
2: So the the father purchased a ninety five dollar fidget spinner.
1: Like that's... but why though? Like, well, how much nicer, you know. Is the $5 fidget spinner compared to... It can't be that much better.
2: And he also follows it up. He's like, you know, it's essentially just a paperweight at this point anyway. Like, I I barely ever use it. Sometimes my kids will play with it, but they have their own to play with anyway. So, it's just like...
1: What is zoo? That's, like, see... It's like frustrating, I guess. You know, to have have money like that to buy a ninety dollar fidget spinner or whatever, it is so a way. But
0: can you guys trace this this like cultural phenomenon to anything? Because I, I looked it up. You know, they're they're made in the nineties, and now all of a sudden in twenty seventeen, you're they're, such a dad. Yeah, he you're was okay. Like, can, can you stuff. just? I just need to know. I looked up I fidget spinners in the history of fidget spinners. <laughs> exactly. Where, where did, <laughs> did they come
1: I did. from? We don't even question this. That'd be some great like investment. I do. I do question this. Yeah. If you want to do that, uh, deep personalization dive. Creation page. For yeah. Fidget spinner, fidget spinner in sports. Yeah, what
2: if breaking news at six. Where did fidget spinners come from?
0: I would watch that. Nick news. has your answers. I would really watch that news show. I would watch that. Yeah, I wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't talk to talk to your guys at ABC and see if they
1: can get a segment. We'll on. see what we can do about the fidget spinners. But welcome back to Cautiously Optimistic. What up? Cautiously Optimistic, my favorite podcast of all time. As always, I am Sully Engels. I'm Jesse Brummel, and I'm Nick Ostler. and we are preparing.
0: Not only for episode sixteen of cautiously optimistic. Not only, but well, we are prepared. Episode, we're not preparing for we're that. We're prepared at this point. We are prepared. Speak
1: for yourself in those terms.
0: Oh wow! But yes, episode three, shall we say, of the trilogy NBA yeah. finals.
1: The 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 trilogy will be masterful. I think we can all agree on that. I, you know, I, I've seen all these things this week about like and these you know, many-time Bay Area fans. I was even texted this multiple times. Warriors and four. And that just makes no sense to me. It's like, hilarious. It makes no sense at all. Like, even if you like, if you want to pick the Warriors, like oh, yeah. I did at the start of the playoffs, that's fine. But Warriors in four? I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, Nick's over here. Days? He said Warriors in five at the beginning I, of the playoffs. I,
0: I do say Warriors in five, and I stand by that. You know, Sully and I, we both predict, predicted the correct finals matchup. Yeah, yeah we did. Um, Jesse, you're wild here. not like,
1: that wasn't tough for us. That was yeah, not that tough. Was that was comment. not tough.
0: I'm just saying that. Jesse, yeah, Jesse yeah. with the Spurs and Wizards, you know, it's, so it's we're tough.
1: Gonna, we're going to take our props when we get Yeah. It. I'm going to yeah. throw this
0: out there and say, you know, Spurs series would have been different if Kawhi would
1: have played All right, well, yeah. yeah and you stuff. can't yeah. say
0: that wasn't, that's not the truth. So.
1: How much different is it is the real question. I don't think it's enough to, to switch. But them. that's not the point here.
0: All right, so you're thinking, Sully, from what I heard, you think the Warriors, um, it's going to be a longer series than, you know, four yeah, or five. I I, per- I I personally think, well, yeah, you, you go first. Tell my, me your thoughts. I think
1: my original one was Warriors and seven. And, you know, I hate that because, and it's still like, I've honestly gone back and forth, like the whole playoffs, thinking to myself, like, how can you bet against LeBron? Because that was the biggest thing in my mind was like, I learned last year I had really counted out Cavs, and LeBron was like, bro, don't do that to me. You know, like, <laughs> I've earned this respect. You know, I've, I've earned everything he's gotten so far. So it's tough for me to pick against the Cavs, but at the same time, you saw how bad the Cavs can be in Game 3 and the start of Game 4 in the Eastern Conference Finals. And to think that if you just have one of those halves even against the Warriors, that's not something they can come back from, I don't think. So essentially, they need to play four perfect games. And LeBron, in essence, has to play four perfect games. And no one on the Warriors has to play perfect for them to win. They just all have to play OK.
0: Yeah, as, as you mentioned, like, Clay Thompson has not had good playoffs. No. And they still won every single playoff game. They haven't and that, played anybody. Have the Cavs, though? That's what, I, that's what my thing is. I, I think the, both teams have had pretty easy roads. I'll, I'll give you that. But I just think the Cavs, these Eastern Conference teams, like the Celtics, the Wizards, I think, you know, the Spurs would beat both of those teams. Even even without Kawhi, I think the Spurs would beat those teams. I think the, the Cavs just aren't playing good teams. They're going to face a team that they haven't really seen at a way higher level than they're used to. The Warriors are one of the greatest teams ever assembled. They have, like, the highest offensive net rating ever or something like that. I don't know the exact stat, but they're coming in hot. They're coming in winning all these games. I'll give the Cavs one game at home that they're going to win. And I know, I know it's tough for me to go against LeBron. I really am a big believer in LeBron and his powers and where he stands in the all-time pantheon of NBA players, I just don't think that even LeBron can't overcome a team that has the talent that Golden State has. I'm going to say Warriors in five, like I said at the beginning of the playoffs, I stand by that, and honestly, I would not be surprised if it was shorter than that, to be honest.
2: So, are we going to sit here and act like Kyrie and Kevin Love don't play for the Cavs either? Yeah. Are we going to sit here and say that Steph Curry can touch Kyrie on the defensive end? Like, what... Who... This is LeBron's team that he built, where he can just run the point, he can do, let him control the ball, and let him work, he's got shooters all around him, let him break it down. LeBron is having the best postseason of his career. He is. He won it last year. Yeah, he did. And he's having a better postseason.
0: Facing a better team.
2: I understand that. Better postseason, better team, I get
1: it. You can make the argument that the Cavs maybe are slightly better too.
2: We We could.
1: I'm, you definitely could. Yeah, you I mean, could. Is, is a fair yeah.
2: Kevin Love is having a much better season. His role is much more in place than it was last and, year. And, and he's having a is, great yeah. a great postseason as well. Darren Williams is a much better point guard in, as, in the backup spot.
0: And who's Kevin Love going to guard on defense in the series? Uh, let him guard Steph Curry, because he gave him the clamps last year
1: in game seven. <laughs> and talk to me. <laughs> One play. <laughs> I don't care. Sample size, fuck it. Who cares? I don't <laughs> care. Locking him up for seven I don't games. care. I mean, yeah. And that's what it comes down to, is the matchups are so hard. Like, obviously... And this is a name we haven't even said yet, which is kind of unimaginable at this point. But Draymond will be guarding LeBron. I and can't wait. I'm so I excited. Can't I can't wait for LeBron yeah, to I do really thirty-five,
2: can... nine, and nine on him. I'm so excited. It, man, it's in in the Spurs series. I watched Jonathan Simmons just like just eviscerate him on three straight possessions. <laughs> and I'm, that's not an exaggeration. I watched it with my own eyes. Beat him to the hoop three straight possessions.
0: I'm glad you. Found but he can guard players. two
2: through five. He, no, sorry, he can guard one through five effectively. <laughs> oh, but he can guard Marcus All and Mike Conley.
0: I appreciate you picking out three Jonathan Simmons plays from a series sweep that they lost. Um, I think Draymond is actually one of the best players defensively in the league. Do, you want, do we want to go into the argument? We well, want brief to start. Me? Go ahead.
1: I mean, you know, we've been arguing back and forth about Draymond, as you guys know. And the thing is that at this point, the argument has been almost blurred to a certain degree. I think our initial point that we argued on was, you know, how valuable is Draymond? And and that to me is the biggest talking point, you know, because obviously he's a really good defensive player. You know, we're not going to knock that. That just makes us look like idiots. Um, Is he the defensive player of the year this year? I think Kawhi is, and that's just me. And that's because I think Kawhi has to do so much. And and this goes to the overall point about Draymond is that he has to do nothing really on the offensive side of the class, or offensive side of the court. Um, If you want to look, you know, I just have some of his his shot charts up in front of me. Uh, Draymond Green takes almost 28% of his shots when the closest defender is six feet away or he's wide open. What does that tell you about, you know, how easy it is follow an offense? Beyond that, for, you know the other another 28% is with a defender four to six feet away. So again, wide open pretty much for a pro basketball player. So you have 60% of his shots come basically with no one even near him. So then you look at, you know, a breakdown on his three point percentage. Um, he really just shoots most of his threes from the top of the key and if you break that down into thirds, he's only above the league average um, in one of them. And he's not even that far above, you know, the other two, he's significantly below, which just goes to show that you could really slide in almost any player on the offensive side who has the same, you know, maybe, I don't know, a four, a stretch four. There's plenty of players in the league that you could fill into that slot and would be totally fine on the offensive edge. Defensively. Yeah. He's a great player one-on-one. He's got a size, um, he can match up with certain guys but to think that he can guard one through five is a joke in my mind any elite point guard on the offensive end is getting, it's just mixing him up Jean Wall would mix him up Kyrie if they ever switch off in this series you nice. will straight up see that he's going to mix him up and in elite five you're telling me Tristan Thompson gets in the post that's straight lockdown for Draymond no shot Tristan is way too big we saw it last year and Draymond played very well in the finals last year as he has in the playoffs this year that's something I won't knock him on is he plays bit, a better in bigger games well, but to say that at the same time, you could use a point against me, but you don't see all these other guys in the with even this opportunity. Draymond just has it all laid out for him, so I really don't see any reason why you can make the argument that he is as good as you make him to be.
0: Okay, I appreciate that argument, but again, you're limiting Draymond's offensive game to uh, wide-open three-pointers that he gets because he has a good team. He's playing with good players, so he gets open shots, and that's fine he gets open shots no, I, I'm wide not, I'm not,
1: open I'm not, shots I'm not going to disagree with that we're talking about no one within 4 feet I'm of not going to
0: disagree top. with that oh, he's, 60% of the time he's, he's, a, knockdown he makes 50% he's a knockdown shooter he's not a knockdown shooter he's
1: not a knockdown shooter he's
0: actually uh, in these playoffs he's shooting 50% from the floor and the, 47% from you 3.1 you're on talking on about
1: sample size you're talking about sample size that you can't bring up just these players okay, okay. you know he has a shot as much as any of the other starters on well, the team and again
2: your percentage is going to go up higher when no one's in
1: 6 feet of you
0: so he, that's not his fault that he's wide open. He's hitting the shots when he's called upon to hit but the shots. But he's not hitting them and the his his actually His playoff numbers are similar to his pre, uh, regular season numbers. He's averaging 13.9 points per game, 8.7 rebounds, 7.2 assists per game, 7 assists out of the Four or five slot on that team that is that helps the offense not just you can't just say oh Draymond's offense is limited to wide open threes no he's getting seven assists per game in the playoffs and probably around that in the regular season he's and passing and, to
1: three yeah, of yeah, the best shooters saying, in the it's, world it's, it's an easy that's that's, easy that's, not fault. Fault. that's
0: not his fault that's not his fault it's it's that's why state, his numbers
1: are inflated it's not his fault but that's a reason that his numbers are so high all right. you can make an argument we're not faulting that, him that, for that it that four of his assists every game come on just screens okay where Steph Curry comes around or Clay comes around or Kevin Durant is posted up on a smaller player because he always has that match. all right
0: so. Okay, the 8.7 rebounds, that's also impressive from a guy who's about 6'7". And then on defense, just if you going to throw some numbers around, I'll throw some numbers around too. Uh, these playoffs, the Warriors have allowed nearly 5 fewer points per 100 possessions with Green on the floor compared to when he's not on the floor. He definitely makes a def- uh, defensive difference. And, Dr- I mean, Draymond, you, you say he's just this guy who's playing with good players and that makes him good. Again though, you guys are forgetting the point that Draymond helps make these players even better than they are too. Because Draymond is a good player himself. He finds them in places. You know, uh, he's averaging t- two steals, two blocks in the playoffs as well. He, not to mention, he's the second best net rating, um, 20 plus 22.2, behind Steph Curry, of uh, all players who have played. 20 so minutes yeah, the He playoffs. plays
1: on a winning team. That's not an impressive stat to me. Uh,
0: I, I mean, mean, they, rating, blow,
1: they blow teams out. It has nothing to do with how good he is on defense. And that rating they means you're an the efficient
0: teams. offensive player and he's the second most efficient player in the playoffs. That just shows you, you can't just deny they those played, numbers.
2: Because they're playing they're players in both games. You can't deny that fact. The fact the that they, they have the highest percent like win differential point wise.
0: As a team, yeah. As a team. That's why
2: Draymond,
1: his plus minus is so high. It doesn't. It makes sense. As it correlates says the team expands their plus minus. He will as well because he's on the floor for yes. so much of the game. But that doesn't necessarily. Is Isaiah Thomas a bad right. player? You're not. Going is to Thomas Thomas to a bad you're player? are not
0: going to correlate that to Draymond. You're just going to. You're just going look to look
1: up. Ja McGee's plus minus. I bet it's pretty dang good too. Well, it's
0: not second best like Draymond's because is because
1: he plays more minutes than JaVale McGee does. Boom. I, I mean, I, I just don't. I mean, when you look at his like his efficiency, it's you know I think on the NBA side it's like 15. The top players in the league is around 22. The league average is 15. He's literally an average player in terms of efficiency over 82 games, not just 12 that were taken he taken here. And in what 12 of those games, you got to think that what eight of them were straight blowouts where it didn't even matter how well he played.
0: I'm so excited for these for this finals, and I'm gonna go Zach Lowe mode and analyze every single possession that Draymond has defensively. You know, against like a guy like LeBron, against Kyrie. I want to see what happens. I hope you guys are watching too because.
1: Like, I watch you do. We don't watch always. That's the other argument. Is like, you've got to watch these guys more. It's like We watch these guys all the time, just as much as you. I lived in the Bay Area for the last three years, and I watched a lot of Warriors games because Peter Miller, who's going to listen to this, and shout out Peach for the engagement. Big Pete. He's going to call me out because he knows I watched all those games with him. He can give me the argument, but he will never tell you that I didn't watch the games. Right? I've
0: never watched basketball in my life. So right there, So put it this way, guys. You're gonna tear down Draymond's accomplishments and his numbers that I presented to you because he plays on a winning team. I don't see you guys tearing down Steph's numbers, KD's numbers. Why? Because they're just established good players that you don't want to tear them down. J.D. Draymond
1: is established good player. And so is Draymond.
0: That's, why was, that's my point. He, he since when
2: was Draymond doing 26 points yeah. a game?
0: I'm not talking about just points
1: everything he talking about league, league MVPs. There's no really you know, need to solidify them as, as great players. They are great players. So I, I just don't Nobody's going to
2: bash them. We've seen
1: them. You, put, seen Steph, you put Steph Curry seen on Draymond. the Nets, they, he significantly improves the offense, improves that team. You put Kevin Durant on the Nets, significantly better. improves that team on how much better do they get? They don't get that much better. He's not going to create on offense, he's not going to be a scorer. He may get a few more assists, but with no talent around him, you'll see the obvious difference.
0: I've never argued that Draymond's an elite scorer like Kevin Durant or those guys. But I'm you're arguing
1: that he's in the same lengths as those players. Those he arguments. Is. He's th- an All NBA not. player,
0: third team NBA player. Like that's. And you can make an argument against him because Gordon
1: Hayward and Paul George were left off those teams, which is pretty. And crazy I think AMI Draymond's
0: on. more valuable than those. than I think Draymond's a better player and than Paul Gordon George. Is, you, you think
1: Draymond's better than Paul George? You put George, you, so you switch Paul George and Draymond on the Pacers and the Pacers still. For what they do off. for their teams, Pacers. Paul George is a great player. But he's not... Yeah, he carries his team to the playoffs every year. The year that he was hurt, they didn't make the playoffs. It's like a simple correlation there. We're talking about correlations the whole time. I mean, I understand what you're... Like, that, that was what it came down to, The point of argument is how valuable is Draymond Green. And we were saying that his value is, you know, made, it looked to be more because of how good of a team he's on, because of how you easy can't he You can deny that. I don't understand how you can deny that. Yeah. It. I
2: literally don't.
0: I deny it because he helps make the team better. By, by his presence on the court you're tearing his you're tearing down his accomplishments by saying he plays on a good team the team is good because he makes it good he is the engine of the really, he I leads the fast breaks so a lot of the time he grabs rebounds he plays excellent defense man he does I've more,
2: never heard of anybody who leads a fast break before no i'm saying That's he does right he point. does
0: the most for that team he does the most for that team if you're talking about both sides of the court <laughs> all around he does the most for the warriors and i'm not i'm not backing down from that statement don't, yeah, at don't, don't, at don't at me. Don't at me. Don't at him. Don't at me. And let him
1: know. First off, don't at me is a terrible phrase because that just means I'm against conflict, which yeah. means you're a wuss. It should be uh, at me. It should be at me if you're a man. So, man up. Uh,
0: All right, at me. Please, uh, at me. Uh, no,
1: you know. I mean, everyone in our fan base apparently is a big Nick supporter, big Draymond supporter. So we'll they're see. smart and they we'll see it. who they adds have you. And lo- we'll see they have you know, logic. I'm still picking. It's hard for me at this point because you know, I, I feel like I almost should switch my pick to the Cavs just so I can go anti Draymond. But I'm still gonna use common sense because when you have Kevin Durant and finally stuff
0: using great. common sense, okay, that's good. Yeah,
1: I'm sorry, my bad. I looked at all the stats rather than looking at an article someone else wrote. You know, that's what I'm saying. I used all, all the metrics here. I used your famous metrics, and, and I'm just saying that the stats show that you know he's improved by the players that are around him, and, and I don't think it's the other way around. That's what it's going to come down to. And we can agree to disagree at this point. But, but we this will. is the thing:
2: well, we're not going to be able to get to the end of a Draymond argument. Um, because once LeBron eviscerates him in this in this series, Nick is just going to come back and say, well, LeBron is the greatest player in the
1: world. Yeah, and I would actually love it if you could go play-by-play breakdown of him guarding LeBron and see how good he truly is against a great player. Before the series starts. I and to, Kyrie. I
0: just want to make clear before the series starts.
1: Oh. Oh, is that, is that Josh? Is that Josh calling in? Is he adding upset. us? Is he adding us? He's adding. He's not adding you. he adding us.
2: Yeah, it, yeah that's, that's true. Should we respond because to Because he, he is a large Draymond supporter, uh, unfortunately. It just shows no. what kind of
0: person he is. Josh,
1: I'm not afraid. Yeah. Well,
0: anyway, I, I just want to go close ahead. on one little argument. You said I hope if LeBron eviscerates Draymond, and I'm going to say he's the greatest player of all time. I know that Draymond's going to have a very tall task. To I'm not I'm definitely not saying that Draymond's going to be able to stop LeBron James. That 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 would be foolish to say. I'm just saying almost wa- as
2: foolish is as what you've been saying. But go
0: on. I, I would disagree. I would just say watch Draymond play defense against these guys maybe he's gonna be on Kevin Love, maybe he's gonna spend time on LeBron. Just see if he's able to slow them down. I wanna see that, because I think that will happen. If not, maybe my argument's wrong, but I just wanna iso on Draymond in in these finals. That's gonna be my most exciting part of these finals, is watching how Draymond plays, because this argument is a great argument, and I wanna see. Yeah,
1: and I think we can complete our own trilogy of this argument after the finals, Mm -hmm. when we find out what has happened. And regardless of who the victor is, I think, you know, we all have arguing points either way in the series. You know, Draymond, I will agree, though, you know, if he is some kind of X factor for the series. But that does mean that you'll, you know, he'll be proven that he's not as important, I think. You know, you'll see, just to me, if the Cavs do win, it'll be because of a Draymond falter, I think, in my mind. And I think that's probably fair. Yeah. And just to close
2: out, you guys both have the Warriors here. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you know where I'm going here. Uh,
1: the do you, Cavs, get, do you get to pick after your finals prediction? I don't yeah. know if you get to pick. 100% I get to pick. You can have some kind of fun pick. I the mean, the fun. Cavs are going to win. I mean, I think that was a shocker. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the Cavs are going <laughs> to win. <laughs> LeBron
2: James having his best playoffs of his career. Caleb, Kyrie are both cooking. Uh, the bench is looking better. This is a this is a better team than last year. And yeah. yeah, they're playing a better team. And, but, you know, both now, teams get
1: better. Let's see what happens. Moving from the present to the future... Uh, we'll talk about the Lakers just just briefly. Oh, I guess I don't want to say the Lakers. We'll talk about Lonzo Ball first. You uh, can say the Lakers. You can pretty much say the Lakers this time. I mean, see, that's the argument uh, we're going to be having, I think, the next few months. Lonzo declines his workout with the Celtics. He takes
2: one with the Sixers, though, which yeah, is
1: interesting. Interesting. And it's not the first time this has happened before. You know, a lot of players do decline workouts. Um, How many
2: just, players decline workouts for the team that has the number one overall pick, though? Yeah,
1: not very often. Especially
2: say, when you're a projected top three.
1: Yeah, but you know, no one's really been like Lonzo Ball in my lifetime, I can think of it as that much of a. And I'm not saying uh, like a hype, more hype player like LeBron would be a more high draft pick, but like having this much buzz surrounding you for not even necessarily like basketball related things. You know, like this is turning down the ability to play basketball. And that makes more news than when he does step on the coin at this point.
2: Yeah, well, everything makes news with him because of his dad, which is such a disappointment um, because of how outrageous he is. And I don't know if you saw the Instagram video today, or I don't know if it was on Yeah, Twitter, I actually, the video he put up responding to Ice Cube where he said, look at this form, and then yeah. pulls up and it was an obvious you brick. Could, you could hear the clank. You can hear the clank and then the time it takes Still to hit the Still sweet though. No no net at all. Um, um Lavar's trash. But uh, yeah, it's interesting to see. I think he kinda realized when he's when they declined the Celtics workout, they're like had second thoughts, said like, well what if the Lakers don't
0: take me? You know? Or maybe it's using it as leverage to make sure the Lakers take him, saying, okay, we're not going to go to the Celtics, but Lakers, you better take us or else we're going to the Sixers. You don't want, want Alonzo to go to the Sixers. And just the point about Lavar, you think he's trash. He is outlandish, he is controversial, but I may have said this before on the podcast, I'm not mad at him. Everything he's said is sort of coming true here in his way. Uh, you know, His path that he foresaw for his son, everything is kind of going according to his plan and if he continues and he goes to the Lakers, that's just another step in that. When you I, said I, that have, I have a little bit of respect for uh, Lavar in that way. I know he says crazy things, but in terms of his, uh, you know, goal for Lonzo, so far everything is going according to plan.
2: Should his goal for, for his, his son to be uh, able to be the most successful he can be? Yes. Okay, um, forcing him to only make shoes with big baller
0: brand is not that. Hey, he wants all the money, you know, he wants the money to stay in the, in the brand. He doesn't want to give any money to anybody else. He's doing it his own way. Capitalism at its finest. I respect it. But, but he's going to get more money with a Nike or an Adidas
2: than he would have with Big Baller Brand. Because I don't know if you remember, he said, uh, yeah, we sold 5,000 units in the first 24 hours. One thing he said, everything he said has been right in to Division. That wasn't. It. it came out that he sold like 190 in the first week and a half. Like, this guy is just lying to our faces, and he's out here trying to profit off of being disrespectful to women with this Daniel Lane t-shirt. Yeah, that was like... Like, it happened, whatever, you can get over it. Then a week later says, you know what, I'm going to create a $60 t-shirt to commemorate this ridiculous thing that I said. Like, this dude is just not good. And especially in L.A., he's going to get all the microphones he wants and needs, and that's not what we need around this team that's trying to rebuild. This isn't like we're already number one and we're just going to get a number one pick, Alonzo Ball. To kind of just make the team better, and we can afford to have distractions around. There's no room, there's no wiggle room for distractions on this Lakers team, and that's exactly what Levar Ball is.
1: Yeah, but I think going off that point, we had this past week, maybe 10 days. You had both Steve and Bryce Alford come out on the side of Lonzo, and that was Steve saying really that well, he didn't really say it as much. He just said that you know Levar was never a practice. He was never around. I didn't receive one phone call from him throughout the whole year. You know, there's nothing, no pressure from him on the court. And Bryce all said, you know. This isn't, like, you're not seeing Lonzo right now. You know, he said, this isn't who Lonzo is. You know, the reflection he gets from his father is certainly not the description of who he is as a person because he described Lonzo as a great teammate, someone who goes out of his way to do anything for his teammates and cares about winning. And frankly, I know I've said a lot on the podcast about him kind of giving up in that last game. And these are his teammates and his boys who are looking out for him. So you got to take that with a grain of salt, but I would take both those guys' words and saying I don't think Lonzo is necessarily like his father. And you don't see that out of any of the sons. you know, none of them are too, besides maybe LaMelo as far as flashiness goes, but none of them are too crazy, none of them are too out there. So, as far as like what they'll be like if, he, if the Lakers do draft him, I don't think that'll be a big issue, but like you said, Microphone's in Los Angeles, you know, TMZ is going to have a walking crew behind him at all times, because they'd be stupid not to, because he's going to make
0: exactly. it. I just want to present one hypothetical situation if everything was the same with Lonzo Lavar, everything was the same except if he went to USC would Jesse be having the same reaction here no he'd love him exactly yeah. he would absolutely love
1: him <laughs> no, but,
0: but, but is he
1: no there's no way to know that
2: <laughs> I don't I don't I literally I think LeVar Ball is just terrible for, for a yeah. son and that's just—he's like a AAU dad, and he he's was, not the he only one. But, but is probably. there? Is there? I would not buy the shirt. Let's just get that yeah, straight. He,
1: you know, he's, First a, penny, of he's all, a penny pincher, man. He ain't gonna buy a sixty-dollar shirt.
2: First of all, I agree that Lonzo is not like his dad. Yeah. I don't think he is. And I, I completely believe that Lonzo never – or Lavar never called Steve Alford or was never at a practice. Yeah. That's not the point. The point is he's going to talk to all the media around here. That's not going to disrupt him. Him saying things to the coach isn't going to be anything. This isn't Chino Hills. You can't fire the coach just for being a dad. Yeah, this fine. is the Lakers. You know what I'm saying? So this is – it's a completely different scenario – and there's, there's, you can't compare this to yeah. someone at USC because someone at USC wouldn't even do this. And I
1: think, I think at least for me, this week, we, I guess the last two days, two days, because we saw um, the big baller club team, which is, yes, which is, Magic, yeah, who are really, really. Like, that's what I'm saying. If you know LA basketball, you are up playing here at all, you know how good the Compton Magic are. That's the epitome of a Duty team, AAU team in California, at least SoCal. That's you know. And they have one of the Chino Hills guys. And they do. They, they have the better of the yeah. Chino you know, players on the team. You know, the one that is higher rated than Lamelo. So it's, I don't know it, That was also another thing That kind of You know like But
2: you saw you know, the shots LaMelo was taking Yeah I,
1: of course You know they edited That highlight reel like, Yeah looking, but, but he awful. still took those yeah, he shots He still took all the shots That was an interesting game um, I guess going back To the Lakers now As we posted up On the uh, on the Twitter today We got Jay Randall Julius Randall He's been hitting The weights hard this season He's looking cut up He's looking fresh I'm going to give a, a real quick hot take On this Who cares <laughs> um, if, if, if he like, great. He's got a six pack, man. You should be dribbling with your right hand for six hours a day, and going to the right side of the basket for eight hours a day. That's very true. And then maybe sleeping the rest of it and getting back up and doing it again. Because that's, dude. Who cares if you're in shape, man? You're already a pretty big, dude. I liked him at his size. I like that Randolph-esque yeah. kind of, you know, the the man girth he was working with there. Pause. But yeah, pause. That. Either way. I don't think he needs to get cut up. I think he just needs to work on his right hand. He, he'll yeah, he's like the work ethic. The work yeah. ethic is inspiring. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, 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 mean? can't, like, I can't, he, I
0: can't knock that. He's getting in shape. It's only been three weeks. He saw the picture, and maybe you know, maybe he's working on his dribbling. Just not taking so photos we, of that. We don't know. don't know. I like to. I just like to see that he's like showing us a work ethic and trying to, you know, have a yeah. goal in sight.
1: I'm all. I guess for me, I'm a big proponent of out of shape athletes you know, <laughs> who still perform at a very high level. You know. So I'm always, if you you can maintain that level of roundness while still being a high caliber player, I'm always going to be in favor of that.
2: I'm pretty much still caught up on the fact that you just uh, said man-girth. Tell me a better way to describe that. Uh, Thickness.
1: Nah. Mm. Uh,
2: It's also bad. I'll
1: fight you that to the death. Thickness (laughs) is better than man-girth. You got a thick manner in front of you. You got us a man-girth. Who do you Uh, want on your team? I want, I want, thick guy. No, you want man-girth.
2: I don't know, but that wasn't the point though. You were talking about man-girth and uh, it was just a plausible statement. is well, all I'm saying.
1: And moving away from manly men to small men, let's talk about uh, David Stern's comments. He's a very small came man. Out. Yes. Uh, anyone have them up readily available? Uh, basically, well, you, for, I mean, first of ahead. all, first
0: of all, love the segue there. Second of all, this is just, I'm, tough to see this. Basically, David Stern comes out on a radio show this week talking about the infamous Chris Paul trade from 2011. Basketball reasons. Basketball reasons. The veto trade that would have got the Lakers' Chris Paul. And he basically said that they were in the process of reworking the deal, which I don't know if that's true or not. I personally don't believe that's true. I don't really believe him either. And then he blames Mitch Kupchak, who orchestrated that deal at the time, blames Mitch Kupchak for uh, for panicking. He said Mitch, Mitch panicked by trading away Lamar Odom to the Mavericks. Um, because as we remember, Lamar's feelings definitely did get hurt by that trade, did. and so he didn't really want to come back to the Lakers. So Mitch traded him. I think that was what happened. Honestly, I don't think there was any like other deal in the works besides the deal for him to go to the Clippers because the, you know David Stern and, David, uh, and the Cavs GM were just yeah. you know upset about it. I just don't. I think it's a petty thing to say this this far down the line. I and, think it's, that, and I don't he think put it's a couple like a Stern
1: lens too. You know, he was like. He's like, you know, at the time, though, we had such a deal set up, you know, like we were ready to go this and that, like it was going to work out. And Mitch just panicked. You know, it's like, you don't, we don't know Mitch's side. Obviously, we criticize Mitch a good amount on this podcast, and a good reason being uh, so because of this trade. But I don't know. I mean, it's kind of, it seems like Stern just now he's deep enough in the past, he's trying to, you know, maybe gain some good grace from the MA fans now that we have a commitment. I personally love Silver. I think silver doing a great job. And I hear some people talking about how good Stern was
0: until like, until he wasn't I mean he was good uh, in the past yeah, he, he, he did just, a lot of things for the league yeah. at the end he yeah. stayed a little too long didn't really adjust yeah. too much at the end and this was kind of a prime example of a problem that he had near the end of his tenure as commissioner and I could just hear him saying this quote you know Mitch Panic like, I can just hear him in that little smirk face he had at yeah. the end um, I don't know it's... he's the worst but it's also scary to think about
2: what will bring up Chris Paul the fact that there's these Spurs rumors going around and I mean I saw him and I said that's a perfect fit as scary as it is that's that's perfect like he would he would thrive with Pop and LaMarcus and Kawhi obviously Mm, like that would be quite a team
0: yeah it's an interesting rumor that's going around there's been conflicting reports on how you know intense this is and if this is actually going to happen but as you said Jesse I mean it would be an ideal situation for Paul at this stage in his career to have to go into a team with Kawhi and a team that was just in the Western Conference Finals, and obviously I think Chris Paul. St- I think we can all agree he's still one of the elite point guards in the NBA. Yep. He's getting up there in age, but he's still top, you know, top five in assists every year. Steals still can hit clutch shots, um, and obviously the Clippers deal with you know the Clippers isn't working out as we've seen for the past five years. So I wouldn't blame him for going to San Antonio, working, uh, working with Pop. Um, it is a scary thought. We'll see if it happens.
1: Yeah, and, and I didn't get too much detail on this today, but actually they were talking on TV, I think it was around the horn. Ramona Shelburne was talking a little bit about this exact same thing, and she gave Chris Paul a 0% chance of leaving to go to the Spurs, which I kind of thought was ridiculous. I don't know how you could, first off, yeah. we just saw the last off season when no one thought KD was going to go anywhere, yeah. and he left and shocked everyone. And people saying like, "Oh, there's no way he's going to leave with the new, you know, CBA agreement for more money if you stay at home." He left, and he seems to be doing well. You know, he's in the NBA Finals at this point. Um, for Chris Paul, the head of the Players Association in the CBA, you got to think he had his hands in this the reworkings of this deal quite a bit. So it would be kind of weird for him to walk away for something he argued for on the players' behalf. But at the same time. It just makes sense, Scott. He wants to Popovich. Ring. Yeah, go to Popovich and Kawhi. And, you know, it's, and it's
2: it's going to and he's going to make an immediate impact, and it's not like like you yeah. said, he's still one of the best players. in the this league. Tony the Parker's career is in Jeopardy. Patty Mills,
1: and
0: DeJounte Deont- Murray would have to be a point guard if it's not Patty Mills, who I believe is a free agent. So they might have a hole at point guard. Yeah, in. and it's
1: like, you know, if, if that basically means that um, Tony, Manu, and Power are all coming off the books for the Spurs to yeah. sign CP3, which is a lot. But I think, as far as one player making an impact on a team like that, especially you know if they could have Aldridge maybe have his play be a little bit, just a little bit better. with yeah. Chris Paul. Yeah, Chris Paul is um, one of those guys that makes his teammates better. I mean, look how good DeAndre Jordan has been. You take DeAndre Jordan and put him on a different <laughs> team, as we talked about. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he just—he's one of those guys get lost in translation. Of course, yeah. you know, he, he obviously is an elite athlete, but it, you gotta have someone feeding those lobs.
0: Yeah, so. You can't really do anything in the post against yeah. uh, Draymond or anybody. I mean, if but. you
1: matched up one-on-one with Draymond, he'd mix them up. i am pretty confident in that. I got, I got DeAndre in that. Yeah, you know, uh, silly. I mean, silly. I didn't bring up DeAndre when we're talking about Draymond for a reason. Okay? <laughs> I just Sorry, I can't help myself. I can't yeah. help myself. It's all good.
0: And now it's time for the second edition of our player word name association game as we debuted last week. It was a great segment, we believed. I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. We have a second session this week, which I will be hosting. And since we're talking about the NBA and the NBA Finals, I decided to gear this segment towards the NBA Finals. And what I decided to do is these five players... Are opponents of the Lakers during each of their last five championships.
2: Wow. Mm-hmm. So
0: we're gonna go back. Good theme. We're gonna go back 17 years, the year 2000, the first of the Pete and we're gonna go back a little bit later at 09 and 10. But we're gonna start in 2000 when the Lakers took on the Indiana Pacers. When, I remember that. Remember that Shaq Kobe. It all started back then. And back then, that was 17 years ago, so there's some old guys. And one of those yeah. guys is Mark Jackson on the Pacers. Wow. Wow. Jesse, wow. first word that comes to your mind, Mark Jackson, or first phrase.
2: Um, uh, sorry. <laughs> not as in, like, he's sorry, but, like, I'm sorry for him. Because, like, not, not for his playing days, essentially, but the fact that, I mean, he had this Warriors team, and then he just got thrown to the side. And I'm not saying they didn't get better when he did, but... It's combined with the fact that when he went back to calling games, I feel like ESPN sticks him on every single Warriors game possible, and I understand why because it's like you know this, he knows the team very well and it'll be good commentary. But it's also like you have to watch this team go kill everybody on a nightly basis, knowing that you were there two years ago. So I'm gonna go. With, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, I can. I I'll stay similar type similar type Warriors. My initial reaction was salt. Yeah, because that's just this dude he exudes salt and saltiness yeah. and it starts first off they give him every every Warriors literally out fan he is always announcing and it's funny because it's like they'll play really really well they'll be playing really well and they'll have like one defensive breakdown and Mark Jackson will just go in and be like you know <laughs> you just can't let that happen Yeah, you just can't you know you can't make that, that. is sloppy like, basketball and it just he just seems like that kind of guy to me. he doesn't seem like someone I'd want to hang out with doesn't seem like someone who would be too much fun no, he to talk about himself a lot. And he's just salty that he, he didn't get to... He does on. seem
0: like a back-in-my-day kind
1: of guy. Back-in-my-day. Back-in-my-day. Yeah, Big-time back-in-my-day. Back-in-my-day. Yeah. Had
0: Draymond Green on the roster, didn't play him. And, uh, <laughs> no one and, uh, <laughs>
2: was even talking about Draymond. Anyway. <laughs> just can't I, stay
0: away. I, I can't yeah. stay away. I, I'm surprised you guys didn't go with any... You're uh, nuts for him. <laughs> hand down, man down, or Mama, there goes that man. But, Those are <sighs> but, yeah, that was a great book. Yeah. That's fine, though. So that, that was uh, Mark Jackson. That was our first name on the uh, list. Now we're going to the 2000-2001 uh, Finals with Lakers-Sixers, oh, and this was the series that the Lakers went 15-1 in the playoffs, and before the they lost... The best team in the history of the NBA. Yeah, so, Gang. as we know, it's happening in this year's playoffs, but Sixers, we're
1: going to have to go with the, the big guy, Dikembe Mutombo. With oh! Sally. With the finger away! I mean, what else do you really think of right there? I can just remember a good part of my childhood is... What's just, the word? Finger wag. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The Kimbe Matumbo finger wag is unmatched in sports celebration. It's one of those, you know, uh, Cam Newton doing the Superman. It's probably not even on that level. Uh, I'm struggling to think of another celebration that is um, as attached to a player that is, is come. you know. It's yeah. like everyone can do the finger wag, but when you think basketball and finger wag, you think that the kimbe matumbo love that he's getting in these new ads now (laughs) and embracing the finger wag, continuing that i love everything about him you know from you know his mantra to his voice to his just his jolly characteristics throughout the days and and his continuation of blocking things and the finger wag. my word is
2: gonna be legend and (laughs) that's on and off the court um on obviously finger wag no 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 we got all that (laughs) But off the court, I don't know, you guys have probably heard the the rumors of this story um, where essentially he walks, he was at the height of his playing days, he was one of the best uh, centers in the NBA, he's doing everything. Uh, I don't remember the exact situation of the story being told. There's no eyewitnesses to this uh, that have come out recently, but it's a legend uh, that he walked into a room and looked around and goes... Who wants to sex Matumbo? <laughs> and then someone did, and, went, and then he went with this girl in, in a room. And
1: then,
2: <laughs> so that's a legend.
1: Wow That's a great tale. Never a, heard of that story. That's a great thing. Uh, ah, yeah. that's funny. Wow. How do you turn that down at that point? Right. Yeah. yeah. You're gonna sex Matumbo.
0: Nobody, nobody gave that the finger wag. Um, going up to the <laughs> 0102. Sorry about that, guys. Yeah, going up sure to 0102. This is Lakers Nets. Yeah, Easy sweep for the Lakers in this in this series. Nothing that uh, the shooter on the Nets could do, and I'm talking about Keith Van
1: Horn. Oh, dude! I swear wow. to God, I knew you were gonna pick him. when you brought up these finals. That was the first guy that came to my mind, strangely enough. <laughs> but if, I can go because I know yeah, for yeah, socks. it sucks. It sucks. socks hundred percent. And for some reason, like when you're like, "Oh, the teams the Lakers have played," I thought about the Nets, and I was like, "Who's that white dude?" thought <laughs> <laughs> it was one. Van Horn with the high-ass socks. <laughs> <laughs> That's never a good look for anyone. That's one knock Ooh. I got about Kyle Korver, these... Knee like, like baseball you don't go knee, you go baseball. You go socks. Socks. They're not, it's a bad look. And it's a strictly white guy look. You don't see any other race doing that. Um But yeah, you just gotta think of maybe it really just socks. That's all I can think of. Can tell you how, I mean he's a shooter, I remember that. And yeah. socks. Yeah, you yeah. kinda touched on it there. My word is white.
2: Because <laughs> he he's the epitome of a white basketball player, yeah. just a shooter, uh not very athletic, no not like the dude that's gonna kill you, but he's the guy that's Randomly open, even though you know he's a shooter, and he'll just knock yeah. it down. Um, the socks just prove how white yeah, he was. He's I really a modern day Mike Dunleavy Jr.,
0: but worse because Mike Dunleavy
1: Jr. Dunleavy Jr. is a goat. Yeah, I mean, I, really good pick there.
0: Yeah, I'm just my quick note on Keith Van Horn. I would really, uh, I disagree with you about the socks. I think the high socks are a good look in any sport. I wore high socks throughout baseball. I think no, I, that's what I'm saying. Basketball saying strictly no, I'm, basketball. Basketball. I'm saying any sport, it's a good look. I'm gonna, I'm gonna support the high sock look. So, um,
2: this is why I think you're all figuring out at this point that Nick is obviously the whitest person on the podcast here.
0: Well, yeah, we all, a uh, yeah we all share that, I would say. But um, <laughs> <laughs> going now, now, we have a seven year gap as Lakers went through some uh, tumultuous yeah. times there in the mid 2000s, but they got Patrick Gasol, Chad Mitch, Hi. and they got back to the uh, finals. Uh, well, they lost to the Celtics in that final, but when they won the finals the next year against the Magic, and oh, we're going to have to talk about him, but Dwight Howard. Yeah. The, uh,
1: um,
0: soft. Yeah. <laughs> physically, mentally, like, obviously
2: he's a huge dude, so it's weird to think that he might be soft physically, but when you watch him play, it's very apparent how soft he was. And then mentally, he just couldn't play with somebody who's strong-willed, who would, have to, who would judge him and like kind of rip into him to, not to put him down but to make him better you know mm-hmm. and he couldn't handle that kind of pressure he thought he could handle the, the bright lights of LA
1: and obviously that didn't happen no. um, so soft for me it, it's yeah, the word would be perplexing there's no one I've ever watched in any sport be as physically gifted mm-hmm. with size athleticism um and just suck. <laughs> you know, like, he should be the best player in the league. He should be the best yeah. center of all time, maybe, besides Shaq. But this dude, there's no reason he can't learn to hook like you know guy, like Kareem, have some kind of move that no one can defend. You know, he at one point could jump higher than anyone in the league, not only just based off straight boosties, but also because he was so tall. Like, no yeah. one could guard that guy. And he's so strong, you know, straight boulders for arms. But he gets pushed around constantly We watched it And and I know a lot of that Had to do with the back injuries He was dealing with the Lakers But like Dude Even when he is healthy It's a frustrating thing To watch I'm perplexed by it Because to me And I know You can always make this argument Like if I had that size You you heard that Oh come on I know If I was 6'2 I'd be in the league right now (laughs) There would be no Consciousness I'd be in the league It's just like uh, I can't I can't stand to watch him Just because of that It's frustrating to watch And perplexing
0: Yeah, I would agree with both of you on that one. And then our fifth and final name on this list to the 2010 Finals, Lakers-Celtics. Now if you remember, in Game 6 of that series, Kendrick Perkins, the Celtics center, uh, went out with a knee injury. So Game 7, they turned to one of the legends of the NBA, if you guys remember, a big man by the name of Rasheed Wallace, Wow. (laughs) who almost won them the game actually in Game 7. He came up big, hit a lot of threes and was effective for them, but Rasheed. Can I, mean, can, can I go?
1: you go. I think we might have the same one. We might. Oh, I would yeah. probably do. That's probably related. In a certain
2: um, way. My word is whack. Wow. Ah, yeah, exactly <laughs> <right. laughs> There's a legendary video of, um, I forget who the ref was. think uh, it Steve Jabby? No, because he's tar- it, the Steve is about Steve Smith. Oh,
1: yeah. Right. The
2: ref, he, basically, the ref throws out Rasheed Wallace for looking at him twice.
1: Intimidation.
2: Um, uh, intimidation. And then it's the fact that it was mic'd up and this made its way out. Because the ref just looks at Rashid on the second tag and goes, Whack, you're out. (laughs) Legendary. Look up Whack, you're out on YouTube if you've never seen that video. It's one of the
1: greatest videos. And then, yeah, he have Steve Smith coming up right after him. Like, What did he even (laughs) say? He didn't do anything. He was looking at me. I asked him specifically two times not to look at me. (laughs) Not now, Steve. Yeah, I mean, to me, I mean, like, Whack obviously is the one I probably would go with. And then me and Jesse are right on there. But if i got to pick a different one, I'm going to go with, like, Scary. He is he someone I would like not want to meet in a dark alley? Yeah. I assume that like he always kind of had a, a nice buzz going when he was playing in games. <laughs> and like, if you just got on his bad side, that is someone that would just not be afraid to punch you straight in the face without you know, not, not much, uh, basically, need to do so. Uh, but really, what it comes down to is that YouTube video. That's what encapsulates its whole career in about it a minute, really minute and 15 seconds, is right there.
0: Was that the same video with the ball, don't lie? That's, that's different, different. video. So that was my favorite Richie moment. Uh, he gets a tech, and I think he got a tech, and so the other player <laughs> shooting in the basket, shooting free throw, ball misses, and he's Richie's miked up, and he just yelled,
1: "Ball don't lie."
0: He didn't get the tech, and it's, it's another great YouTube video. Check yeah, it out. Richie's a goat.
1: Yeah, yeah, we love, we love Richie. Friend of the podcast.
0: And that's gonna do it for our second edition of the Player Name Association. We will come up with a better name for this segment. Mm-hmm. I just realized. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's it, and uh, we'll uh, get back with you next week.
1: Switching over to the Diamond now. <laughs> a little stick talk. That stick talk. That stick talk. Uh, Los Dugers, thirty-three and 20, 6 six-game winning streak. Balling. Tied with the Rockies at top of the league or top of the NL West. We're back. Um, man, they're really just doing their thing. Uh, the bullpen is balling.
0: Yeah, it is
1: best in the NL, uh, and is a big reason why they've been so sex- successful. And sexy. And sexy. I mean. If you're going to throw on a bullpen reliever, man, make it look sexy. Make it look sexy. Basically, the Dodgers have had some kind of rotation, unlike any other, any other thing I've ever seen before for, for their starting pitchers. Moving guys up and down, utilizing the 10-day DL. But the bullpen has been the rock. Do you guys have any thoughts on the Dodgers? Yeah,
2: 24.2 inning scoreless streak was broken today, but it was a 24.2. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in two-thirds, you might say. Uh, he would. They're they're balling out here. I love it. I love to see these guys and you know even Hatcher was pitching well until he you know allowed the one today. But yeah, uh, yeah. And you, these tradition. guys are doing it. Like you got guys like Baez are stepping up. You know yeah. you, it's like we keep calling up guys too. But everybody's
1: everybody's Fields. participating. You know? Fields it's, may be homeless and he still throws as well. Anything you know it could be. Um, how weird was it watching? I don't know if you guys watched his last series against the uh, the Cardinals. Watching Jonathan Broxton come in <laughs> six times—it's so funny. I love it, dude. It's still so wide. Like that man has like a literal definition tree trunk. His legs.
0: thighs. Yeah. I don't think
1: I've ever seen a person with as big of legs as him. Like he looks like uh, like a cartoon fat person. Yeah, he's I mean, pretty
2: strong. You gotta put one of those signs
0: that you put on trucks. This is you yeah. know caution wide load. <laughs> yeah. That's
2: that's John Broxton.
0: Yeah, so yeah, I was watching the Bro- Broxton face Puig it was a little collision of two eras of Dodger baseball there. Oh. The new era Puig and old era Broxton. Of course, Broxton not doing so well this year. He had like a sixth ERA before the inning started today and left with uh, three more runs to his ledger. Um, but the Dodgers, you know, they swept the Cubs. Nice to sweep the Cubs who mm-hmm. beat, knocked them out of the playoffs. I know it's the regular season, but it's always nice to beat the nemesis like that. And then tied with the Rockies at the top of the division, it's about time we're back at the top. Uh, the Rockies, you know, struggling a bit. At, Dodgers are obviously a hot team. So I hope they can continue and surpass the Rockies later this week. We're recording this on a Tuesday night. And the 6 game winning streak, as we said, it's, it's great. Um, just keep it up. It's so refreshing to see a bullpen that's actually been successful for the Dodgers. I mean, so many in the years past, it's been the bullpen that's been their Achilles heel. Yeah. So just, if they can keep that up, it would be great. Maeda um, has also been turning things around since the sh- shaky starts at the beginning of the season. Yet another, I believe it was a quality start today. Uh, right about it to he's, he's, one, yeah. He went went four innings Three runs uh, Four innings Okay I the he Quality went for him, him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but he, he's, His ERA in the last four starts Is under three I believe
1: A couple of things Just for me At least I just hope Well first off Dodgers fans Don't be like Too uh, I guess concerned With being in first place Or not Because I think it's all about The longevity of the season If we just keep playing Good baseball We'll get there yeah. either way you know? yeah. It's not like We gotta get to first place It's like we're just going to end up there, if anything. Secondly, I just we've seen the last, I guess maybe two of the last three seasons. You know, please first season, and then last year certainly as well. The Dodgers go on this this crazy run, especially when please rookie season, where they won you know what is it, forty six or fifty or forty four or fifty. Yeah. And then last year to end the year, they you know come back from eight games when Kershaw's on the DL. The, both those streaks came too early, you know, and it's just like. You need to be playing your best baseball at the right time, and that's what I like about this team right now is that they're not like all the attention's on the Cubs. All the attention is elsewhere throughout the league. Like they just can sit and like play baseball and play consistently, and that's why I like this team more so than any of the year's teams, is because they're not they're just good. You know, they're not like riding a hot streak right now. Like this is just a quality baseball team. Yeah, and I think that's a big part. And I guess to switch into a, a less than quality baseball team, in fact. Maybe a big pile of dog shit in my mind
2: uh, You would um, be correct
1: We were talking about the San Francisco Giants And they literally Had to fight to stay in the news this week They literally had to fight The Nationals and Basically if you didn't see it I, I don't know what you were doing But We had uh, the rebirth of the Player on player rivalry Between Hunter Strickland and Bryce Harper Now, Harper in the past has hit two home runs off Strickland that literally haven't landed yet. They're two of the hardest hit balls I've ever seen. One that is somewhere deep in the Pacific Ocean because it landed in the Bay, and another one that must have hit, you know, at the highest point of the National Stadium, both in the playoffs, same series. That was three years ago. Two days ago, we have Strickland just dosing Harper in a pretty obvious hit this batter situation in a spot right in the ass, Mm. which is, and even, even Harper said it after the game, right place to hit me. (laughs) But still, what the hell man, you know, like you just like gotta get over it at that point. For in my opinion, for Strickland, years in the past, get over the bombs. You gave up the bombs. It's your own issue. It's your don't throw fastballs over the plate to maybe the best hitter in the league. One of the best hitters in the league. Um if you don't wanna see that result, you know?
0: Yeah, and the result was that Bryce Harper charged them out and that's the fight we're talking about. Both guys got some punches in it was great brawl, great baseball brawl. Yeah. We haven't seen one of those in a while. I always love seeing those. It's always fun when uh, you know, there's little tussles on the field. We saw Jeff Samarja come in, yeah. football mentality, deck somebody, and then the, the brawl the, was on. The
1: Samarja-Michael Morse yeah. giant-on-giant collision <laughs> was my f- second favorite part about the fight. Yeah.
2: My right, first favorite. Uh, well, the first favorite is the toss-up. It could either be the terrible helmet toss, um, right. which as much as I love Bryce, it was tough to see uh, such a bad helmet throw. But I think my favorite part of the fight was that right hook that, that yeah, got yeah. Strickland in the face. Yeah, you got That was beautiful. Um, yeah.
1: My favorite part about the fight, um, and I guess it's just more fuel to my flame in the large oven that, that boils my pot of hatred for Buster Posey. Dude didn't move. And if you know baseball to any degree, when a fight breaks out, it's the catcher's job to get in the way of that thing. At least to a certain degree. Go check that replay. Posey stands for five seconds before he makes one move into the you know Harper-Strickland fight. And they asked him after the game, like, hey, what's the deal with that? And he said, I don't know. There's some pretty big guys. I don't know if I want to get out there and risk an injury. Wow, and I, I didn't I just see want to that. Say, yeah, uh, Professor Posey is, in my mind, I don't know how you could appreciate him as a teammate. Granted, he's their best hitter on a terrible team and you know, propelled them to some World Series titles, but that's like, one of the softest things I've ever heard said on a baseball field or about an action on the baseball field and not a teammate I would ever want to play with. And it just makes me so happy to be a Dodger fan because we saw this, t- you know, two weeks ago now when the Dodgers fought the Marlins. When Stripling came into pitch that inning, he knew that they intentionally had thrown the inning before I one of his guys. He knew he had the maybe the most intimidating player in the whole league besides Aaron Judge now and John Carlos Stanton coming to the plate. He didn't have to hit him, he could have hit the next guy. Um, didn't have to hit anyone. Granted, he didn't hit him, but he intentionally threw at him and What exactly happened? He had Chase Utley get right in the way of the two fights He has Grand or Bonds. I can't remember who it was, but I know they popped up and tried to break it up right there You know, it's 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 that's what baseball is all about right there is backing up your teammates Any sport was, really. Yeah, you want yeah, to back any sport. Teammates. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and specifically in that situation. Yeah baseball, yeah, you know? yeah. But yeah, any any sport you got to be there for your boys and,
2: and that goes back even to the video yeah. where where you said the catcher is so important. There's the, I don't remember who it was Dude gets hit, his first thing he knows he's about to charge, his first thing is he kicks the catcher <laughs> yeah, and then goes at him. Smart on his part because he yeah, knows the catcher's gonna come go do something stuff. if yeah. he's worth anything.
0: And uh, after the game, Hunter Strickland, you know, obviously he's not gonna say his intention of throwing at Harper. He said the fastball got missed inside a little bit. He said I'd rather miss inside than over the play, because that's this guy has hit homers off me. We all know what he's trying to do. He's trying to hit the guy. Bryce Harper says, I don't know why you're trying to hit me. You won the World Series that year when I hit those homers off to you three years ago. I don't know why you're still thinking about that. I don't know why you don't wear that World Series ring home at night every day and not worry about me. Be okay with it. Yeah, Yeah, so it was an interesting situation. Harper gets four game suspension. Strickland gets six. And we're excited because we want to see Bryce Harper, and it's a great time to promote our Cautiously at the Ballpark night that will be coming up Um, next week on Monday, June 5th. The Cautiously Optimistic Boys will be out in the right field All-You-Can-Eat Pavilion for our first live event you know yeah. what time it is? It's the Dodger Dog Inning Challenge. So for those of you
2: who don't know the Dodger Dog Inning Challenge is that we have talked about on the podcast before. Yeah. for some of you that might have missed that episode, it's a Dodger Dog and Inning. And you think nine dogs? I could probably do that. The tough thing about it is you can't go above one per inning. So you gotta you just gotta pace yourself and that can be very, very tough. Because you're hungry in that first part, and then by the fourth, those buns are expanding in your stomach.
1: Yeah, it's an inexpensive process, especially if you want to have a brew at the ballpark as I always do. You know, it's going to limit the amount you want to eat. I guess on a day where you're specifically going to get a challenge, you can take a drink. I take a break from drinking a beer. Not suggested too highly, but for these types of things, you have to do it. I'm going strictly probably lemonade. I, I mean, that's, that's like the, the Joey Chestnut type of approach there, you know? The Which is the
0: it's necessary though in this kind of situation. If we're going for really a challenge, is. I don't know if the know, beer kinda, is a risky he, he proposition. He like
1: seventy-two hot dogs. We're just talking about nine.
0: I don't know, man. A, do- a Dodger Stadium beer is a risky uh, potion to the concoction. Oh, there. You
1: can, I don't think you can add a, add a beer on that day. No, yeah. you'll you no. won't make it. Yeah, you're not gonna make it. Maybe but, a post game topper for a nice nap after.
0: But yeah, be on the lookout for um, some interactive social media action from that night. It's coming up on Monday. We're gonna probably do a little Facebook Live, probably some tweets. Of our contest in action, we're gonna be second row of the right field pavilion. So look for us on TV. Hopefully uh, Bryce Harper will not appeal this suspension, and we'll be playing there. We can talk to Bryce a little bit, so you get his thoughts on the contest, and see how he what he thinks about it. But it's gonna be a great night. I'm excited for
1: it. I am too, man. You know, we're gonna be sitting second row, right in his back pocket, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, we're gonna be touching his hair gel essentially that's a or dream of mine I would real. love to run my
2: fingers through Bryce Harper's hair if we're going to be honest
1: yeah I mean you have a chance if you ever make the Nationals roster the 40 man you could get called up if they hit a home run he usually takes his helmet off yeah I, I might have to do that I, I mean been. I'm better
2: at baseball than Elijah Dukes so
0: <laughs> so you're okay with running the hand through his hair but not Pedro Stokov it's just chest hair 100% because I like Bryce Harper right.
1: yeah you go. I mean a lot of people knock Bryce Harper I like Bryce Harper you know he probably is kind of douchey uh, every 100%. Guy I've, every guy I've played that I've played with or against that knows Harper has played against Harper has been like, he's pretty douchey. And when you look at him, the things he says, his actions, pretty douchey. All but the signs the same point time, to though, pretty like, douchey, he, he, but I still like him. Like yeah, I still like him. I don't know why. I usually don't like these types of players, but he plays the game the right way. I think that's the thing that separates him. Usually you have guys that have a little more douchey attitude, don't play as hard as he does, but he goes balls to the wall. Yeah. And... We'll see. You know, they still that like great Trout-Harper question. Who'd you rather have? Harper is looking pretty good. Trout looking a lot better, despite going on the DL right now. Um, we'll still got time to decide that argument. But that's gonna wrap up baseball this week. Don't forget, cautiously at the park coming up. We'll tweet out the dates very soon. Hey, feel free to get a ticket and join us too, baby. Everyone's welcome in <laughs> the ballpark. Right field.
0: And now it's time for the segment of the show where we ask the question: What the puck?
1: What the puck? What the puck?
0: And despite the Ducks being out of the playoffs, we still have hockey going on. It's the Stanley Cup, and the Nashville Predators, it's the cup. Pittsburgh Penguins, it's the cup. on the ice dueling it out. And uh, in Game One of the Stanley Cup Finals between uh, the Predators and the Penguins, we had a Predators fan throw a dead catfish onto the ice. Didn't help the Predators from losing that game. But it helped this guy uh, get charged with disorderly conduct, mm-hmm. possessing instruments of crime. Yeah. I guess a dead oh. catfish is a crime. Yeah, it's and, instrument, uh, of crime. And, instrument of crime. And disrupting meetings and processions.
1: And I think the best part about this whole story was how he got it in to the day. How did he get it he, in there? So like... He wore compression shorts and, like, sealed the catfish and put wow. it in his compression shorts and then went to the bathroom yes. and took him out and threw it That's pretty impressive. Yeah, I don't get... Why catfish is a the move there? You know, there's certainly smaller fish you can go with. There's probably some tradition. Despite the fact that we are hockey guys, we're not hockey historians, okay? so cut us a break here. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, go on.
0: Yeah, the dude's name was, uh, I believe, Rob Waddell, and he had this amazing quote afterwards on a radio show. He said, I thought, man, wouldn't it be awesome to get to go to that game? And then, like an ignorant, ignorant redneck, I thought, wouldn't it be awesome to throw a catfish on the ice at this game? <laughs>
1: You know, hey. <laughs> and that's really what it, what sums it up right there. I love that he breaks down
2: the thought process, and you know, a lot of times when people do th- stupid things like that, the thought process really
0: is that simple, and so it's nice to get a look into
2: it.
1: And that. that's what happens when you put a hockey team in Nashville. Yeah, like, exactly. It's a
0: redneck hockey team. Self, the self-described ignorant redneck throws a cappuccino on the ice.
1: What the, what the puck? What the puck? What the puck. And now, it's time for the fast food flavor. Fast food flavor. Fast food flavor. Fast food flavor. Swine. What's on the menu today? So, I'm sure you've been seeing the
2: commercials. You know, they're in a, a rib joint. Uh, looks hot. Oh, man. Like, you know, they're talking about ribs, and the guy in the back says, You know, we should put ribs on a burger. And the guy in the front says, You know what? I told you. And everybody says it in unison. Never put ribs on a burger. Carl's Jr. put ribs on a burger. They done did that. They did it. It's the baby back rib burger from Carl's Jr. And so, you know, I need to please the people. Just gotta do it for the so people. So, I went through got myself a big bag rib burger. I was really expecting great things from the same place that gives us the Western bacon, which is one of the most iconic staples yeah, in fast food. True. Um, and you know what? If given the opportunity again, I'm going to take a Western bacon instead of the baby yeah, back yeah. rib burger. It's not terrible. Um, it was a little dry. Ribs should have that nice wetness pause, but um, it just didn't. You bite into it, and and you need a a drink right after. You need to sip. Yeah. Because every bite is just a little too dry to me. Yeah. They didn't really lather on the barbecue enough. Mm. Um, I like the idea. You got your little, like, um, onion ring, the little tiny ones. Uh, Those are cool. Instead of, you know, you get the big ones on the Western bacon. So it was a nice switch up there. But uh, it was just – it was –
1: a little better than average. What would you say if you had her? You know, we love we have a friend here, Nick. He loves stars. I need, I need the at stars. this point. Need it's since it's Carlos Jr., we're gonna
2: give him chicken stars. Chicken, stars. Yes, yes, you good. know, good call. perfect um,
1: and it's gonna get uh, it's gonna get seven chicken, chicken. stars. Seven chicken stars. Well, you know, that's really not our lowest of all time. No. I think in my mind, ribs are really should just be for a rib joint. And There's like no a, a fast
0: food place well, shouldn't really be doing ribs that much. True. I like the ambition. You know, it's always, I do, too. I love the idea. Yeah, yeah
1: they're going to love you for your ambition. But, you know, it's tough. Sometimes you miss the mark, and it sounds like this missed the mark. Um, just to, while we're somewhat on the topic, uh, would you rather have this again or a McRib?
2: Oh, that's, I mean, easy. I'd have this again. I think the McRib is one of the most overrated things in fast food, along with chicken fries.
1: Well, we'll save that for another time. That's a very hot take. Hot takes days. for you. That's going to wrap it up today for the fast food flavor. Fast food Flavor. Fast flavor. And to wrap up the podcast, we have our super hot, interesting takes and shout outs. Today, I have a shout out. I'll go first, real quick. I just want to shout out Peter Miller. Oh, uh, two days ago, got, he got engaged. Shout out, Pete. Pete's going to be getting married. My college roommate, my catcher. Oof. You know, big pedo. Pito! I know he's gonna be listening, uh, criticizing my every move with Draymond, so I might as well say something positive about him. I love you, Pete. Congrats, man. Uh Shout out Pete, on. man. Congrats, Shout Pete. Shout out Pete. You gotta love Pete. The swine knows Pete. Hey, Pete Pete. He's knows a swine. legend. Yeah, never met Pete, but I feel
0: like we're friends already if we share our the same value uh, for Draymond. And my take has to do with baseball and pitchers' errors and their ERA. I believe that if a pitcher commits an error in the game, His ERA should remain the same because he made the error. For instance, if a second baseman makes an error, that pitcher will have his ERA stay up because or stay down because it was the second baseman's fault. So it's an unearned run. I think all runs that score based on a pitcher error are earned runs because it's a pitcher throwing the ball. Pitcher's job is to throw strikes. So if he throws a bad, if he makes an error on the field, that's his fault. So it should not, you know, he shouldn't be safe from that error, and his ERA should reflect that.
2: I feel like you took a very odd route in yeah. saying all
0: that. But I
2: agree. I think that if the pitcher commits the error, it should go towards his ERA. I think it's the that's easier good, way to that's say that. That's a good summary, summary yes. there. Uh, we're bringing this up. Santamayeta had two errors today. And I was actually, we were talking, I was thinking about this as well. Um, yeah, it's a, it, if the pitcher commits an error, the guy's on base because of him. It's his fault. So it had nothing to do with, like, if any of the other players committed the error, that's not his fault. So I agree. I think it should be uh, attributed to his ERA. Uh, Okay, I mean, I guess. So we got a pitcher here to to weigh in on this.
1: Yeah, I'm. You know, I think any unearned run, basically, you know, any error causing a run should affect their ERA, and that's simply because a pitcher should be able to play defense, and you should. You know, be trying your hardest at all times. You should be making a concentrated effort to help your team as one of the nine defenders as well as a pitcher. So there's no case where, you know, they're going to intentionally make an error. I know we talked about it a little bit before we started the segment, you know, let's say a pitcher had some kind of contract clause and he wanted to keep his ERA low enough. He could technically just keep committing any chance he wanted to and unearned an error and keep his ERA where it was if he's in that situation, but it's very specific that that would ever happen and very highly unlikely, so... I don't really understand why the rules need to change. I guess, I mean, I understand it, though, and I appreciate it, but as I've always said, baseball is a game of tradition. You know, they change too fast, you know? Uh it's hard to imagine something like this changing when people are talking about, you know, having arguments about an automated strike zone and stuff like that, you know?
0: My old beef is I just don't like how the pitcher's responsibility is just immediately removed once he releases the pitch. He If, if the ball is hit back to him, it's his responsibility, just like any other fielder, to make that play. if he makes the yeah, error. I mean, then... at the same
1: time, though, if you've thrown 90 pitches in a game, you know their position player is going to throw the ball 90 times. When you get a comeback, it's going to be harder for you to throw. I mean, not an excuse, but it's just same. it's not exactly the same. It's also like on a follow through of a pitcher, it's hard to keep your balance sometimes. And I don't want to make excuses for pitchers because I am a firm believer that baseball players in general are the best athletes. And we can talk about this. It's a discussion for another time. It's a discussion for another time. Um, pitchers do get the knock there as being the non athletes of the group. Uh, I am, oh, he's an athlete. You see the balance. And, and it, athleticism here is, is a weird definition, you know. Personally, as you two will find out in our 21 game, is I'm a dominant athlete. I run the court. I can't wait to smash all of <laughs> you guys. <laughs> but you do have, like, you know, for example, Johnny Cueto, by looks, just the eye test, not the biggest athlete, but to do what he does on the mound be able to twist and hold himself at the peak of his his wind up like that and mix it up every time go quicker and faster is extremely hard to do and I think it's something that's underappreciated in baseball I guess coming down to it the ERA rule it's an interesting one I think it's a good point I don't I think really it'll get changed, changed, changed but I think yeah. it's something to think about yeah. it's a good point
0: definitely won't get changed always thought about it and that's going to do it for our super hot interesting takes and shout-outs. Mm-hmm. and it's also going to do it for episode 16 of Cautiously Optimistic thanks again as always for listening
1: yeah, you know, don't be afraid to give us a follow on Twitter. Um, maybe like on Facebook. Possibly share. Tell a friend. Mm-hmm. We're all friends of everyone here on the podcast. Tell a
2: friend to tell a friend.
1: Uh, the mailbag is always open. Hashtag CO mailbag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're always open to discussion here, folks. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Please add us.
2: Am I white? no, 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 baby. so much, yeah. don't need some vices. nigga don't like me. But at your life, yeah. fucked all of y'all bitches so they parties don't invite me. Yeah. That bitch that you wife in, she so
0: chifing. I been getting money, so don't nothing really excite me. Cardi bought a six and a four of the right link. Damn that boy, ask it for some more, like the Spike Lee.